Ready for part two? Last in the last episode, episode 17, I started the launch debrief strategy. Now, if you're listening to this one for the first time, listen to episode 13, episode 15, and episode 17. These are full breakdown of my launch, my five-day challenge launch of the Make Money Services Academy in August 2022. And it's the first time I've launched the program and the first time I've done a five-day challenge launch. And there has been a lot of lessons, a lot of things. And I shared with you challenges, mindset, results. And in episode 17, which was part two, and now in episode 19, which is part no, in episode 17, which was part one, and now in episode 18, which is part two, I'm sharing with you the actual strategy. So in the last episode, I've told you all about ads and how I manage the live calls, how I mitigated being blocked out of my own Facebook group where I was running the challenge and how doing Zoom trainings and having a replay page really got my entire email list and audience engaged. And I was able to get so much more people to participate participate in a challenge to watch the replay videos than I would have had I been in Facebook as planned. But now it's time for, I'm just going to open my notebook. Uh, now it's time for part two. So in part two, I promise I'll talk to you about timings. I'll talk to you about like times of uh, timings of live audience and how that worked, how I got more people to join me live on the calls, um, how I got more people to watch the replays and um, a open card strategy, a after the doors closed strategy, sell strategy and some things that I wished I'd done before and after the launch that would have helped. So if you are listening to this and planning a launch, you can take those lessons Welcome, you're listening to the free, happy and thriving podcast where you get online business and marketing tips to help you build a thriving business around your life that gives you the freedom you want. I'm your host, Georgiana Da Costa, and back in 2012, I chose freedom too. I chose not to get a corporate job after graduating and instead I started an online business so I can live my dream life. It has brought me so much happiness and freedom from traveling the world to being home with my babies, doing work that I love and truly living my life my way. I'm so excited to help you do the same with your own dreams and goals. All right, so let's dive straight in. When I was running the trainings, so I'm in the UK and I run on most of the times I think it's GMT minus no, GMT, GMT, GMT plus one. I don't know. Anyway, I'm in the UK. <laughs> I use uh, Google to um, look at all my time zones. And I found that for my life, it worked best to do the trainings at 5 p.m. UK time. In summer, 5 p.m. UK time means 12 p.m. Eastern time. I think that changes a little bit in winter. I'm still kind of learning that conversions. Now, in the challenge, I had some people from the UK, but majority of people were from Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and um, I think that's it i think we've had some people from in america america of course and i think we had some people from ireland and some people from spain but that was kind of it 
And initially, I, I really went back and forth with this. What time should I do the live calls? I wanted them to be a good time for my audience. But because my audience was all over the world, it was really hard to pick a time that worked for everyone. I was in this Facebook group with other business owners from all over the world. And it's run by a UK coach. I, I really love her. She's amazing. And I put a question in and asked for some advice. And there's like a lot of advice around, you know, some people People work best with like 7 p.m. UK time, 10 p.m. UK time, things like that. I decided to go with Eastern as the time for everybody else. If you're going to do any type of live launch, you're probably going to sit a little bit on this thing as well. So I'll tell you a little bit what my process was, but also um, what I ended up with, what type of results I ended up once I went live. And I actually do, did two type of like two out two different hours on live trainings and i'll explain how but essentially when i um decided like okay i i had to settle on the best time for me and for me that was before my children's bedtime because my office it's adjacent to the to the um, uh, children's nursery and my husband was helping me to put the children to sleep while I was doing the challenges but I knew there would be noise they would like have a bath and make noise and I I knew that would distract me because I've had before when I'm doing live trainings and my husband is putting the little ones to sleep and the noise itself distracts me and it kind of like throws me off so I settled on 5 p.m. now one thing that I got lots of feedback discussing with business peers is to think a lot about your audience are they working from home are they full in business when are they usually at home and in my thought process was whether my because in my audience some of my majority of people in my audience are women and moms and some of them are stay-at-home moms so they'll have the and sometimes with little children so in a way they don't have any free time and they may have free time and nap time but that obviously is different for everyone um some of some of my audience are working moms, some work in the office or outside the house and lots of them work from home on their job. So 12 p.m. Eastern seemed like a good time because it's around lunchtime. Around lunchtime, it's a good time for children to nap. Around lunchtime, it's a good time to have time off work, whether you are out working or in the house. And evenings never seem like a good time for me with um, children because we're always feeding them. We always put them to sleep. And again, predominantly, all my audience, majority of my audience are moms. But again, that's really just Eastern because we are, have such different um, times around the world. I really couldn't please everyone. So I had to just say, let me go with the day that works best for me. So I run the five-day challenge, the five days at 5 p.m. Eastern. And honestly... It was really good. Like we had a good turnout. We had like what I'm seeing every time I join other people's programs and, and courses, what I'm seeing other people have based on like how many people. I think, I mean, we've had calls where we have like three people live with us. We have calls, I think, where we had 10 people live with us. We had attendance. We had people live. There were 100 people in the Facebook group, 120 people in the Facebook group. Over 400 people have said yes to the challenge, but more like at that time, over a thousand people on the email list. I think it was just over a thousand or just under a thousand like we're kind of like participating in it in one way or another whether they have like opted in on it or whether they're just joining in on zooms and i'll tell you in a little bit what really helped to get more people in but that was kind of the attendance we had a lot of people watching the replays and that's one thing that made me just take 
the plug and just like take the chance on a time that worked best for me which was 5 p.m because i thought no matter what people are gonna watch the replays um so that that's like what really made me realize that it, it's, there's no good time. Like I cannot match everybody. This is a live training. And ultimately, I as the speaker, as the trainer, as the coach, as the person that has to show up and deliver content, I have to make sure I'm in an environment where I can focus and I can deliver the best content because whether people are watching live or in the replay, that content better be good, right? That's why I'm showing up to help people. So I chose that. So if in any way that helps you. Now, after the challenge, I had some masterclasses and I chose to go to 7 p.m., which would have been 2 p.m. Eastern for those ones. I wanted to test. Every launch is an opportunity to test. And I didn't want to finish this launch without have testing out some things, right? Um, and 7 p.m., it was worse. Like, I think we even had one call with no attendance. Other things played a role and I'll tell you in a second what because they are the same things that helped and when I didn't do it, it showed. But... 7 p.m. was much more chaotic for me. It didn't work with the kids, you know, going to sleep because again, where my office is. And for me, it's just good to be set up in my office. I have the lights. I have my background backdrop. I have my mic. I have my diva light. It's just like a five minute setup to go live. On the last like call, I did like this. In no, I did this live. I think it was either interview or the farewell, the farewell party on live on Instagram. I think it was live on Instagram and that um, I did it like in my living room so that my children can go to sleep because I think we did that even later. If I'm not wrong, that was even later than 7 p.m. I don't have that in front of me, but it was definitely later and it was okay. We had attendance because we had promoted it well, but I didn't see more attendance. And again, it would have been somewhere like 4 p.m. Eastern time and all other times around the world. So when I like finalized the numbers and looked at attendance, actually 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. my time seemed to work best for my audience. It definitely worked best for me. Like the last calls that I did in the living room, I literally had to put so much effort into lighting, into just set up and it just like all that trouble is not worth it sometimes we really like can overthink these things i'm glad i tested it though because that way on the next launch i won't be wondering whether i should go later or because overall the best part was that we had a lot of the people that were engaged in the, in the challenge watch the replace so let me tell you what helped people come live with us and what helped people come in a replay the first thing that helped people come live with us was that we were doing the live q a private live q a sessions so after the the training stopped and i will turn off the recording and then i'll literally chat pretty much like hot seat coaching for free live on the calls. And I promoted that. I let people know that in emails. I let people know that in Facebook posts. Um, if I had better access to Facebook and I wasn't like blocked out majority of time, I would have promoted that better and gone live and explained. But people were giving us feedback. So we asked for feedback on most of the calls. <laughs> it's one of the things I let you know that I wish I did more of. But we did ask for feedback and takeaways from most of the calls and screenshotted it and received some emails and I shared that in future emails. So I think it was day one, I think I forgot to ask for the takeaways. On day two, I asked for that. Somebody said, you know, I love these private sessions. They really helped me out. And then I anonymously included that in the emails as I was promoting the challenge. So it helped people see what they can 
get at the live session so on the live sessions there's many ways you can incentivize people i've seen people give like something if you stay to the end i'll give you like a couple of codes or things and i'll send you like a present that's great but that requires a lot of preparation in advance i hadn't had time to set that up there's i've seen people do things like scavenger hunts where you get all these points if you attend live if you leave a comment if you share a screenshot and then at the end you enter this competition and you get all these prizes whether it's like a, a voucher or like i i before in the program that i attended before i took the launch i've actually taken part in that scavenger uh, hunt because i wanted to see what the experience is for for the student and i want something and it was amazing and it definitely engaged me it was a little bit of effort on my side and i don't know if students that didn't come in with the mindset that i had if that makes sense to test this that maybe i'll do it one day for my audience i don't know if those students would stay as engaged because i was doing mostly for that not for the prize but i have seen a benefit in the results i gotten from the program so if that makes sense running a scavenger hunt which i didn't run but i participated in one in a program i did before as a student I think it's not just about keeping people engaged for our benefit as the ones running the program or the challenge, but also for the benefit of our students to help them see that if they do participate, they will get more value. And I definitely know I got more value. So that's something for the future. But essentially, I those are options to keep people engaged. For me, it was telling people, hey, we're going to do this private session. And it was, again, super spontaneous and only because Facebook blocked me out. I couldn't do lives. And if I was in that setup on Zoom and you have this option to turn off the recording, it was like this spontaneous thing and it just worked and it helped people and it also incentivized people. The second thing that worked when we did it and sometimes we didn't and one of the times I clearly saw a drop was sending three emails a day, letting people know. Like So early in the morning, I'll send a replay from the day before Although sometimes we send it at night, depending on how quick we could get the videos up. Then I'll send, let them know that the challenge is that the challenge is coming live. And then one when we're live. So when I did those again, I was a little bit unprepared. So, you know, in the future, I'll have those pre-schedules and I'll go and edit them. But whenever I had an email go out at the same time that I went live on Zoom to my entire list, more people joined a lot more people joined so that really was a game changer so that's one thing if you take one tip from this is make sure you send people that but here's another thing there was once or twice that i didn't send all the other two emails throughout the days and i didn't clearly made it known in that live now email that there will be a replay available and when there will be and when they will get it when they didn't get that some people got a little bit upset and were like don't send me live trainings like expect me to come live with you right now and you know what i get that because whenever i'm on someone's list that i love their content i also would love some heads up if you're about to go live and let me know if i'm gonna get a replay because i can't just drop everything i'm doing in whatever time zone or time this may be to come live all use with notice i may prepare or at least i know to look out for the replay so as i was doing these emails i was learning all of this and just just making sure that i let people know in in this respectful way that i know there's going to be this human opening my email and 
where it says live now on Zoom and it says why and what we're going to talk about and why come live to get that training. And I also, because of that, because some people couldn't join and we are in different time zones, I also offered people chances to send in their questions via Facebook or via email. So I really, again, I don't, you may not be able to do this if you have 50,000 people or a thousand people, or whatever, in your challenge, because it was fairly small group, because although there were over 400 people that said yes, it's never, I find, it's the first time I ran this, but I've been in lots of other challenges and seen it and done trainings on it. It's not everybody that always engages. So, you know, if you've got like a smaller pool of people, you can really engage with them a lot. And people appreciate that and they can feel that you're running this challenge and really making it work for them them and I found that that really worked just as a last note on that just before I, I, I end with this because I told you about the timings and these emails these two things together in the future I will never put myself in a situation to do the training later I'm happy I tested it because it was affecting my environment things were a little bit more hectic and instead trust this process on the email and we also had, it's like we were getting better and better through the challenge. So just so you know this, in case you're winging this, it's fine. You have to start somewhere. You have to learn somewhere. And I was following a program. I have taken like a course on it and I had like VIP calls and exactly like steps on what to do for my own business. Yet I still did it a little bit like unprepared because sometimes... We just have to. In episode 15, I tell you more about why I made that decision to go for it anyway, even if clearly in the training I've taken, it told me to prepare for two months, but instead I've kind of prepared two weeks, three weeks. But I did it anyway. And some things I learned along the way, like we got better at letting people know in the Facebook group where the recordings are. We got better at posting the recording straight away in the Facebook group. It was about halfway through the challenge that we created this live page with all the recordings. So we can easily send people to the same page to watch all recordings. It was about halfway through that we created Zoom links for all of the sessions that were coming and time so people could know in advance when the next training is. So all these things, you know, we got better through the launch. So let me quickly tell you, I'm going to wrap this up in five minutes. So let me quickly tell you what worked on closing the card, what worked. So one thing that worked really well that we did right at the end, we had the card closing on a Friday, which was exactly two weeks from when I opened the cart. I believe it was on a Friday, but then I decided to leave it until Sunday. Now, that really engaged people and that gave very good results. However, be aware that you have to be prepared with your program. The program started on Monday, <laughs> the day after the, the cart closed, and that required a lot of preparation. So luckily, I was very prepared with the program because I have run the program so many times and in although in different forms I had I had the structure I had thought the program too quite well but that's one thing I'll say it's really good to op to leave to extend the cart after you close it so if you you normally would want to close it like maybe 48 hours before your program starts if it's a live program but then give a bit of leeway. It really helped because we had people like literally opening the emails, you know, two hours uh, after the timer was going out. So that worked. And I know that I will be implementing that strategy a lot in my launches and kind of thinking with that in mind. But again, 
what we found when we decided we're going to give the leeway. And I didn't decide that straight away. When I planned the launch and I planned, planned when my cart opens and when it closes. So when the program that I'm launching opens for enrollment and when I start the enrollment, I plan to give myself those like two days off and just kind of like just decompress and then go into the course. But I did find that it significantly affected engagement and 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 results by living a little bit more open. So I would be doing that in the future and I'd advise you to consider that as well. Then this is another thing. So what we did is we left the, because we had it all on the replay page, which worked so well. And again, you guys remember that's because I was locked out of the Facebook group that I tell you more in episode 13, episode 15, episode 17. Now I tell you now. So I had to kind of come up with something different because I couldn't go live in a timely manner in the Facebook group for the live challenge. So instead I was going live on Zoom, which led me to share it the when I'm live with the entire list because why not? Always giving people an option to opt out of the emails. That's, that's a conversation for another day. But if you're about to send the emails to people that did not say yes i want the challenge email and you send it to maybe the remaining of your list make sure in each email you give them an option to say i don't want to receive these emails anymore without unsubscribing i did that and that really helped as well people still unsubscribed because these things happen but that helped so there's like so many layers to the strategy i really want to give you as much as possible but of course there's like so many layers and so many little tweaks and things but we had, so we also left the replays live on that play page and shared it a few times. So normally the sales emails will go up through the open cart and I had masterclasses and Q and A's and interviews running. And then I'll also let people know, hey, by the way, you know all the replays are living on this page. So all the master, so straight after the, the live challenge, according to the launch plan that I was following, I also did some master classes to keep, you know, serving and engaging my audience throughout the open cart period and interviews and things like that, right? So I put them all on that replay page and that really helped for people to have all of this. Um, we got so much engage engagement. We got so many people watching the replays. So you see, even with the time zones, even with the lives, even like there was so much power in the replays. And what I've learned in this lesson and I want to share with you is that if you have a way to be able to share your replays while you're doing the challenge and after while your cart is open, and if you have a simple, you know, non-spammy way to share it with your entire audience and give other people that may have been busy and missed your challenge the option to still watch the replays, you're going to see your results skyrocket. So that really worked. Okay. And then the last layer of the launch, because I want to share with you, this was a little bit spontaneous, but I've seen it before done in a launch. We had naturally people that didn't manage to watch the replays on time. And even with the extra time. So for instance, when I gave the extra time for people to sign up, I also let the replays stay that extra time, right? On the page. But then when we took everything down, we had more people that hadn't had time to watch the replays yet. So what we did, um, two things. We ran a promotion offering people a time limited time to get access, lifetime access to this replays uh, for a very good price. But also, you guys, I've also realized that I this challenge was amazing. Yes, I will run it in the future live, but there will be so many people in my current audience that are coming into my audience that are going to want 
access to this challenge content that was so raw and so wonderful. And even if I will run the content in the future, I will never be able to replicate everything this way. So people will always have value from watching this. So that's available. If you're interested in the challenge, in actually the notes of this podcast episode, you get access. I've put this in the course. We've broken it down into a course on the, our course platform that we use, which is Teachable. And at this time, maybe we move it if you watch this in a few years. But anyway, it's like, in a, in a, on a course format where you can access it on your phone, watch it, lifetime replays, and it's super affordable and just like incredible to get all the bonuses, all the masterclasses, all the PDF guides, all there. Of course, that was a very successful strategy in terms of making more sales, but also utilizing good content, you know, not letting such like a podcast live things are like especially live challenges right they happen once and that's it but because of the manner in which we had them they were on zoom we have organized them on on um on a replay page it was it just made sense we were kind of building it as a course or as we were doing the challenge it made sense to turn into a course so that really worked out really well okay now i'm going to quickly wrap this up because it's starting to be longer than i hope but i know you guys are getting the nuggets i'm going to quickly wrap this up with telling you that things i wish i've done better the first thing i put on my notes is i wish i didn't get blocked out of facebook but you know what no i don't because the best part of this challenge, the things that worked the best would have not happened had I not got blocked out of, of um, Facebook. So in many ways, I don't regret that. But if you um, don't use Facebook a lot, like I don't use Facebook a lot and run a group and it's a must for you to be in the group and all these other extra things don't maybe make sense for you, be careful. <laughs> the way I like got locked out is that I linked my page and then it like created this notification. Oh, Georgiana, da costas um i think it's online business page was linked and then i saw the post and i said oh well let me delete that because obviously like i have like other things in the feed that are making sense intro posts and stuff like that and it's like it come it flagged me because i've deleted my own post and it was as as if as admin I've deleted a post that one of the members done, which is also me, and it just flagged me and it just blocked me out. That was new to me and that wasn't fun. But I turned around really good. And to be honest, I would not take away that mishap because it helped me so much. I do wish I was more prepared. I still know that it was the best decision for me because of the way I ran the evergreen funnel and I wanted to serve everybody that didn't buy. Try freelancer that I noticed they were just at a different point in their journey journey it inspired me to create a make money services academy it inspired me to turn the pdf guide into a live challenge and i i know for sure that was the right timing for the type of campaign i've been running for the past three months but in future launches definitely i'll prepare more i mean anyway i am prepared now because i've run it once and i have all this sort of editable documents and things but um you know things like having the pdf guys down on time uh that's a, a major thing you know uh having the emails down on time so there were e days when we didn't send the replay email and uh sort of like promo email and the one hour before email and the live now email and the tags and the things just doing all the tech setup as far in advance even if you have a very simple launch it does go a long way and what I also wish I've done, and I think this was because 
I kind of ran this launch really high, high, high intensity. I did extend the card and then I went straight into starting the academy. And then I just, and then I ran this offer as well for people that still wanted access to the replays of the challenge. So I just, it, it's a matter of preparation. In the future, I'll have this ready in advance and scheduled. I wish I had done a feedback form. So I wish I have sent everybody that took part in the challenge a feedback form to just, you know, give their feedback and to leave some kind words for future challengers. And I wish I had done a post-launch survey. When I did them in the past, they really help out. Lots of my favorite coaches do it. They are really helpful. But again, be aware that if you're going to finish the launch and go straight into the program, it's best to have these things in advance. And okay, that's the last thing. I wish I'd run the ads before. Like I told you in the last episode, what worked wasn't exactly what with with ads is always like this. It's just a matter of trying. It doesn't matter if you have, let me tell you how much is, I don't have the exact numbers I spent on ads, but I believe it was just, if I'm to say dollars, because I spent in pounds, but to convert in dollars, I would say pre-launch might have been around a thousand five hundred dollars, but there were the ads were running continuously for three months prior to that in a evergreen funnel so there were also people in my audience that have come from ads that were quite new and those were a couple of thousands before as well but that's kind of the numbers for you to get an idea i love to know what how much people spend on ads because for instance there's times when i hear oh wow we had ten thousand people join the challenge okay how much did you spend on ads how big was your email list right so things like that, it just helps you show that if you are smaller and you're not getting those numbers that you see other people get, it's not because you're not good enough, your course is not good enough, you're not attracting good enough, it's just because you're smaller. And there was one time that they had the same, this, um, like one of the coaches I was learning for was explaining how she's done, um, she's done um, launches without any ads budget or with $500 ads budget or with $10,000 ads budget. So anything is possible, just so you know. But I wish I had started the ads the week before. It was just a matter of the week before. So for instance, my challenge was running from the 15th of August and I've started the ads the week before. At the, the first week of August, I wish I started them. Um, it was just because I was still preparing the challenge, preparing things. But obviously in the future, I will. That it makes a huge difference because you don't have to spend a lot to find out what works, but you have to have time to correctly assess what works. And I know that this move alone would have doubled my launch results because it would have doubled how many people I got in for the same budget. So that two things, if you're going to take two things from this launch is... Start your ads early if you're running ads and make sure you're letting people know via email of however you're promoting at several stages throughout the day when you're about to go live because that made a huge difference in our turnout and make sure you always remind people about the replay because you will have very likely more people watching the replay than coming live with you. So don't just prioritize going live. That's one thing that we, we did quite well. We really did promote the replays for the whole duration or up. And that's why we saw such great results in it. So what I will say is that just make sure that you are not just thinking when I'm going live, but you really, really um, 
you you really promote the replays and know that there will be a lot more people that will want to watch it in the convenience of their own time and that's still so beneficial uh, to you and to them okay that's it you guys this was so fun wow did you like this let me know if you like this in-depth strategy and me sharing exactly my experience and sharing what i did and why and numbers and money and things um let me know if you enjoyed this episode i would love if you hit reply if you watch this on the email and tell me if you did i would love if you leave me like a rating or a review if you're listening on apple Podcasts, you can leave one there it will mean the world to me if you enjoyed it and feel like making my day send me a dm at georgiana da costa and um yeah why else and share it with a friend or share it on your stories and tag me and i will share you and i will like you know publicly thank you as well and if you want to check out the challenge uh replays definitely check out the link in the in the show notes and you will see how you can get that at the fantastic price and for a really really like in, in honestly incredible value because we had two bonuses then we had the challenge then we had two master classes and it was really really powerful you got pdfs you got all the goodies so that's it you guys i've enjoyed this and see you in the next episode thank you for listening Mwah. bye